Hello everyone, I'm Jeremy McCain, and today I have the most exquisite pleasure to host two very amazing uh, individuals that are focused on ocean issues and the blockchain. And you're going to be like, how do those things go together? Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm your host, Jeremy McCain. I'm also the founder of something called the Ocean Currency Network, uh, which aims to define the true value of marine protected areas using blockchain and AI. And uh, we have Vadim Gregorian and Marcus Ryman. Uh, Vadim, you are joining us all the way from France. Tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing. Well, uh, namely, I'm joining from Normandy, uh, from the House of Times and uh, La Maison des Temps. And um, I'm the partner and uh, chief marketing officer of Luna Solutions. It is... Um, a startup that is based in uh, in Berlin, and it is uh, engaged in uh, building an ecosystem for uh, allowing the wider usage of uh, cryptocurrencies uh, in the world. There's going to be a lots of discussion on that, I'm sure. And then also joining us, and technically, you don't get to say this very often, but live via satellite, we've got Marcus Ryman from TBA21 Academy. Welcome, Marcus. Tell us, what what uh, what, what is TBA21? Hi, Jeremy and uh, Vadim. Uh, thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to once again be speaking to you. Uh, TBA21 Academy is a contemporary art foundation and what we like to call a cultural ecosystem uh, dedicated to fostering a deeper relationship and understanding to the ocean through the lens of art um, but always in combination with other disciplines so we're combining art with science with indigenous uh, knowledge and leadership law um, legal experts conservationists uh, and so on and uh, has have just uh, this year partnered with LUNO to um, explore together the relationship between uh, art, ocean, blockchain, and crypto. When we hear about crypto and we hear about blockchain, we think about Bitcoin. And, and, you, and oftentimes the FOMO that exists around Bitcoin of like people trying to get in before it's too late. Um, you know, here today, we're going to talk about how art, oceans, and blockchain are intrinsically connected. And that may just sound so weird to the viewers uh, that are that are listening in. Um, for whoever wants to take this question first, first of all, let's start off. Why, why the ocean? Why are we so focused about the ocean? So for us, uh, oceans are uh, something of... Um, Kind of uh, of a big importance uh first of all it is of a big importance because uh, <laughs> me us will humans and will came from the oceans and i think that we all depend on the oceans and uh, and uh, uh, luno is a new generation uh, company new generation brand and we cannot launch in today's context uh in, in this fintech area uh in financial area without bringing anything to the table beyond the the uh, kind of transactional value of what we create that's the first thing the second thing is that we uh at luna we create an ecosystem so we bring together different players uh uh, uh in the area of financial transactions uh uh, customers, retailers, bankers, uh, exchanges, uh, arbitragers, and we 
uh, connect them in a very hassle-free, smooth way to allow the uh, retail transactions of uh, cryptocurrencies. And, uh, and so this new ecosystem, this new vision of uh, 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 the world, it, it is very similar to the ecosystem that gave birth to life on Earth. And we all know that every single creature appeared on Earth through the oceans. Awesome. And, and Marcus? So for us, um, yeah, for us, the, the, the reason why we're looking in so deeply into the ocean uh, and our relationship in trying to rekindle a relationship to the ocean is um, uh, is as as uh, simple as complex. Um, you know, the, we see we see the climate crisis accelerating dramatically. Uh, we see the descriptions for it uh, change uh, ever so often from climate change to climate crisis to climate emergency to climate chaos to climate breakdown. All of these are currently circulating. Uh, and the ocean is our single best ally to mitigate the effects of climate change and, and slowing them down. The ocean covers 72%, 71% of the planet. Every other breath that we take comes from the planet, uh, from the ocean and, uh, and its system is, uh, is collapsing and it is not collapsing by default, it is driven to collapse, right? So um, for us being art and cultural practitioners, the question becomes, how can we actually, A, as I said, rekindle a relationship to the ocean for the people that are not coastal communities and uh, come from landlocked countries, um, which then nearly becomes kind of an abstract question. How do you care for something that you're completely removed from and maybe not, uh, will never have the possibility in your life to see? That's the one thing. But on the other hand, um, the question also becomes, how can we intervene through art in, in systems like um, policy, like science, like conservation that come from a certain history of practices um, that are you know, kind of informed by uh, by imperial past, by colonial past, and so on. And how can we how can we um, decolonize them? How can we approach them with with feminist and queer thinking? How can we uh, how can we be actively anti-racist in um, in these um, projects? And on the other hand, how can we be more inclusive, more participatory, um, and more generous in um, in inviting people? and listening to their voices who actually um, have been dealing with the ocean and with changing climates for the longest time and somehow are never invited into the conversation. We're looking at the ocean and this is why we're looking at the ocean through the lens of art. This is why uh, we're trying to shift the, um, the question from a, from a scientific one to a cultural one. Right? because I think um, the, the information is clear. You can believe in it or not. That's a question of faith. Um, but uh, if you believe in science, the information is clear. Um, then the question is, how do we bridge this knowledge action gap? And we also know that just knowing is very often not enough to change. So uh, somehow we need to find um, a, a way, I guess, to the heart, um, to, to move us to, to change and move us to act. Uh, instead of just telling people to act. Uh, to, to, to what uh, Marcus just said, I think that uh, this element to the heart is, uh, is absolutely fundamental. 
uh, and uh, um, uh, Jeremy, you know better than anybody, um, and I know as well a little bit because I've got uh, a much humbler artistic practice myself. Uh, the 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 role of artists today uh, is extremely important in that respect because I think that we are deaf and we're blind to environmental problems because most of uh, communication that exists today in the world it is addressing the mind and when we're absolutely ignorant uh, and and it doesn't touch us uh, okay another iceberg is melting okay another cubic meter or a ton of that disappeared or uh, actually a couple more species uh, disappeared uh, this week and then the next week and then the week after etc we just don't care the, the, that's why I really believe in the power of artists and that's why uh, we fell in love with uh, TBA Academy because that's what is needed. That's what is needed to the world, bring the power of art and artists like yourself, Jeremy, uh, to awaken the pe people's sensitivity and sensibility to the environmental problems. Jeremy, I want to give it back to you because you really, you combine these... Um these three poles if we if we think about them uh, now like between um between art ocean science and 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 blockchain uh, super super well um so maybe you can just um maybe you can give an answer of why how um and uh, why the combination of of art ocean and blockchain yeah, um, you know, I think when we look at the oceans, uh, we often think of it as a vacation spot. You know, we have siloed ourselves uh, as uh, as a human uh, family uh, into going to work, uh, you know, trading our hours for dollars and uh, having our dollars sent over to the supermarket so that we get our food. But um, our whole system is completely out of whack and and. You know, what happens in the dark uh, is often sometimes very nefarious. And I think what's very interesting about this is that, you know, no one wakes up in the morning and says, you know, today I'm going to destroy the environment. But our passive actions are actively destroying the environment. But we just don't know what they are because we, we have the status quo of things the way things always are. So what's what I find really interesting is um, both on what, you know, you're doing, Vadim, and also Marcus, is that... You know, it's often been said that the shortest path between two human beings is art. Regardless of whatever our cultures or whatever our, our languages are, it, art allows us to feel and to get emotionally connected to something uh, in a way that maybe you wouldn't before. Maybe you're looking at scientific data from the ocean and you're seeing all of these things uh, in graphs and charts and long-winded uh, papers it doesn't really get you emotionally connected, but when you see and feel something in a piece of art that draws you to tears, it also draws you to action. And so that's why I think art is really important in this space. Um, blockchain is really important too, because, uh, you know, and we'll get into this. I'd like to hear uh, also Vadim, your comments as well, how you would answer this. But when I had the ex esteemed pleasure to be on the Dardanella where uh, Marcus is right now, sailing with him through the Lao group and into Tonga, and we got to go to these uh, wonderful uh, villages, um, and one of the one of the chiefs that was there, he's the Rakasau, who's the paramount chief, and he says, "What is this blockchain?" And I said, "Well, I said, imagine us all sitting at the kava circle, 
and uh, I'm enjoying the kava and I make a promise to you that I'm going to do something by next Tuesday and next Tuesday comes and I say I'd never said that uh, what would happen would be uh, three four five six people would all stand up and say no we heard you say this and uh, because you didn't do this there's going to be consequences uh, this is blockchain but instead of people uh, we have machines and I think why this becomes very interesting is that in this particular uh, time that we find ourselves in, uh, what we really need more than anything is trust and transparency um, uh, in, 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 in midst of corruption and these kinds of things. People often think of uh, blockchain only in financial terms, but really that's what it is. It's a network of trust. Uh, Vadim, how would you explain this? Well, first of all, I, th I think that your explanation is absolutely perfect uh, and I love it. Uh, I think that um, uh, I would actually say that uh, blockchain uh, eliminates the question of trust because uh, uh, there is, uh, well, we, we, we use often this notion of distributed uh, uh, networks or distributed databases which are at the core uh, and at the heart of what blockchain is and how it stores data. So uh, uh, you're absolutely right that uh, data is replicated. The same data is replicated on uh, hundreds, thousands uh, of uh, computers around the world. So that means that once you enter a data into a blockchain, uh, it cannot be changed voluntarily. Uh, no government, no central body, uh, no Uncle Sam uh, could, could, could interfere with that. So there is this, uh, from one hand, uh, the issue of trust disappears because uh, uh, it is there. And, and what is interesting that it is there forever. Right. It's for the first time in the history of humanity, we have created a technology that allows us to touch as close as possible uh, uh, the, the question of immortality. Because hmm. you know that uh, uh, humanity uh, tried to bring materials that are not, uh, or, or not that easily destructible. You know, that's why we created pyramids. That's why we built skyscrapers. Uh, and then, uh, you know, all the invention of culture and art and literature and all of that. I believe exists because of our drive for immortality. But this is for the first time we uh, created uh, a technology that is uh, not going to be destroyed by wind or not going to be destroyed uh, by anything else. As long as humanity exists, that information would exist. And that's why partly I think it could help also document the crimes against the world's ocean. You know, for example, and, and, and the nature of the people and organizations that are committing these crimes mm. would be, uh, if you wish, uh, would be part of this damnation memory mm. uh, or the re reverse damnation memory that, uh, you know, uh, that could exist uh, forever. That could be one of the usages of uh, blockchain, for example. Uh, I mean, what uh, the exhibition that we supported with Luno at uh, uh, in Venice uh, at the Ocean Space by TBA Academy, uh, it was absolutely incredible uh, to see uh, mapping of, uh, 
of these crimes, you know, uh, overfishing, uh, dumping, plastic, uh, oil spills, all of that. And when you see there's not even one square kilometer of oceans that have not been raped and abused and, and, and which, uh, which actually gives me, uh, you know, tears. Mm. Uh, and, and, that you know some of these uh, uh, crimes and maps i think could be downloaded into uh, into blockchain i i believe i think exactly this no thinking of the of the uh, of the blockchain as register um, this is this is something that you're proposing very much and then finding artistic expressions of these of the, of the registered blocks or the registered data points data sets Right, and I, I think um, to um, to to again make this new technology more relatable uh, is something that you're working on very very committedly. Yeah, thanks, Marcus. Uh, yeah, you know this was something that kind of really bothered me. I felt like there was all these different types of people that were working around ocean space, but there just it lacked a lot of connectivity. I mean, just not only from the scientific gathering, but maybe even enforcement or just general understanding, you know, um, you know, it's, I often equate this to, uh, how we, you know, used to have tornadoes and, and hurricanes that killed far more people and they killed far more people because, well, we didn't have appropriate warning systems. We didn't have enough data, uh, but now we have massive data collection and we have uh, machine learning algorithms that give us the ability to, uh, predict a storm's path so that people can take shelter and they can be safe. Well, uh, we have a new threat. And so what the Ocean Currency Network does fundamentally is we set out to quantify the true value of a marine protected area. Now, uh, the reason why I say this is when we ask someone to create a new protected area, oftentimes it's looked down upon like, oh, here's just another place that I can't go fishing. Um, but really, it's much more than that. Um, there's a phrase that I often say, and it's that sustainability is dead. What we really need now is regeneration. We've taken so much from our planet, and we've taken all the wild spaces, and we've made them uh, tame. Uh, in, in order to give back to the planet, uh, if we will, we have to think of a regenerative society. Uh, sustainability uh, is dead because we're in a crisis. Why would we ever want to sustain a crisis? So the Ocean Currency Network is both a networking system that allows us to uh, share data points uh, and incentivizes individuals for creating data collectors and actually uh, contributing to the pool. We use blockchain as a way to verify the data as it comes in, that it is in fact the truth, uh, that it is in fact accurate across many platforms. But what's really interesting about this is that as we start to sense this data and get a better idea for the life that exists inside of the sanctuary, we start to see something that is quite interesting where uh, today we might do a scan and we might detect, you know, a bunch of fish that equates to, let's say, $100 million worth of natural capital assets if we were to extract them right now and sell them on the open market. But we would like to make the argument that those fish, that life, um, is worth more uh, in the ocean than it is outside of the ocean uh, and on your plate. And so what we do is we continue to scan these systems. And in a perfect world, we would love for banking uh, partners to come to us and say, you know what, uh, we will issue uh, loans 
based on the value of your natural capital assets inside your marine sanctuary, as long as there's some form of enforcement and protection that, that protects our asset. But in the very rare scenario where the institutions of the world didn't want to work with us, we thought, hmm, why don't we create something like Bitcoin? Uh, the value of the market cap was derived solely by the value of the life that exists inside the sanctuary. What we would be effectively doing is creating value in future marine sanctuaries, financial value that nations can equate uh, to their GDP. Uh, right now, it's uh, the marine sanctuaries and fisheries are bringing people in, charging them licensing to go fishing, but they're not doing auditing. They have no idea, uh, really, truly, what their fish counts are. And it's like they're saying, for $150,000, you can take whatever you can carry, except they're carrying, say, two, three, four, five million dollars worth of assets. Now, if this was a normal scenario where there was gold or silver inside of a warehouse, this would never be allowed because there would be an auditing process. And our hope is that we can actually do this. But I also want to say that an area is not protected if it's also not enforced. But many of these countries cannot afford uh, proper enforcement or get there in time. So we built a system uh, that allows us to not only take these scientific measures, uh, they can be out at sea for weeks at a time, run experiments for 24-7 because there's no people, it's fully autonomous. Uh, we can do it for one-third of the cost. And if there is somebody that is in an area illegally, we have the capability not only to intercept them and to identify what is happening uh, specifically, but in an extreme case, we've developed prop fouling systems that can completely disable their vessel, allowing the Coast Guard or Navy to approach them and deal with them as they will. So uh, this is part of the business side of things, which I think will help us get to a regenerative society. In the meantime, we want to also bring everyone to this. And I feel that the data that we collect uh, can also be used for art. And that's something that I'm doing as well. Um, identifying, for instance, where all of the uh, dumped munitions, not only TNT uh, munitions from various wars, but also chemical weapons. Um, if we are aware where these things are and we have a, uh, an action plan to remove them, say using a group like uh, the International Dialogue for Underwater Munitions, then we'll be systematically cleaning up our oceans and preparing it for a regenerative society. So that's something that is... Uh, very near and dear to my heart. It's something that I, I'm very focused on. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm curious, Vadim, uh, maybe some of your your experiences uh, inside the crypto space and and how you, you navigate these waters, uh, no pun intended. Uh, the uh, blockchain, of course, it's, uh, it's a new technology and, uh, uh, and it is uh, constantly developing and uh, uh, and, and yes, uh, things get uh, improved, uh, including uh, its own uh, uh, kind of environmental problems uh, that, that, that it, uh, sometimes it, it creates, but uh, which are fairly quickly uh, gets resolved. So, for example, uh, one of the uh, very famous uh, blockchains uh, called Ethereum uh, is um, launching actually uh, as we speak, uh, relaunching its um, kind of protocols, and uh, uh, and it would consume uh, tremendously less energy, for example. Uh, 
so 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 we get all of that. But what is uh, is interesting, and 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 uh, you touched upon this uh, this little parallel between oceans and blockchain is uh, uh, the knowledge or the lack of knowledge that uh, uh, the the wider audiences uh, have. So. Um, I, I think uh, one of the problems of oceans uh, has uh, has been that uh, we don't see them, and, and since we don't see, we have been using uh, the oceans as planets, uh, huge garbage can, right? Uh, so everything is dumped there for for uh, uh, for centuries and decades, and and, uh, and and blockchain is is also something invisible for for many people, so they don't know. Uh, they get uh, even sometimes uh, scared and uh, and, and don't uh, and and they get scared because again they don't know. So uh, so I think uh, knowledge is, uh, in my opinion, a, a key element. From one hand, in saving the oceans; on the other hand, also uh, increasing the uh, the adoption of blockchain technology for our lives. Uh, but but uh, what is for sure is that uh, I, I really believe that uh, blockchain technology is the, the next big paradigm that is going to uh, effect change on our lives in terms of magnitude and scale of change, similar to what Internet did, did to us. Um, I think there's there's another element that we're that we're kind of circling around, which um, or two, maybe. Um, but we're not, uh, not really getting to um, that allude to both. One is one is really a, a practice and a culture of care, right? We have, um, and the other one is responsibility. And I think we have um, we have maneuvered ourselves into a, into a situation where our our um, and our when we when I say our and we, it's clearly um, a very very difficult notion of a kind of global we, but as a as a species, the drivers of our existence on this planet have brought us into a space that is clearly unsustainable, right? Um, but we also have uh, the possibility to um, not reverse this, but at least uh, at least uh, give this a, a different direction, that it's not uh, going to end catastrophically, right? Um, the effects of climate change and the climate crisis are going to be dramatic for many, many, many people. Um, but I think if we can inspire more care for our actions, um, you know, and also looking forward for uh, for our actions in the future, right? Um, uh, we can we can have a tremendous positive impact. The other the other thing, and this is how I believe uh, blockchain comes back into it. Is the question of responsibility? Who is responsible? Uh, who's responsible for um, for the effects and consequences of extractive capitalism? Why should it be put onto the end consumer? Right? Why is it not the company that is in the first place taking the oil out of the ground that has to be responsible for the life of ways until the end of its life cycle, which we all know is rather rather difficult in, uh, if it's uh, carbon or plastic right it's a it's a difficult uh, question what's the life cycle but um, the question of responsibility um, should be something that uh, that should be clarified and blockchain actually gives us the possibility 
to register actions, right? And, and make them transparent. And that is, uh, I think that is a huge, huge uh, and very exciting prospect that this technology brings with it. Marcus, maybe could you talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you, we've been talking about blockchain technology. We've been talking about oceans and how blockchain can play this role. And as you say, care and responsibility. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about maybe why you connected with Vadim and his company, Lunu, in, in particular with the, uh, the ocean space in Venice? Uh, and, and what was, what was kind of the initial mm. thought there on that and why you wanted to engage uh, in this technology? Well, it really um, was that the conversation specifically started around um, the exhibition that was at Ocean Space this year and will be again in Ocean Space next year, at least for um, for a certain run, uh, because uh, clearly due to the health crisis this year, um, not a lot of people were able to actually see exhibition and international travel and national travel was rather difficult, right? And this exhibition is called Oceans in Transformation. Vadim uh, mentioned it briefly uh, earlier. It's about by um, a London-based um, architecture collective called um, Territorial Agency. And um, they have, over the past three years, done a huge amount of investigation, research, um, collection, and then curation of big ocean data from hundreds and hundreds of research institutions for, ind for individual researchers, organizations, from Argo floats to satellites, from ocean sensors um, to, uh, to right? And um, what we've realized and what they've realized over uh, the course of these three years was um, that although all of this uh, data is supposed to be freely accessible, it's very, very, very difficult to find on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, if you find it and if you try to read um, all of these data sets next to each other and against each other, they don't communicate, right? So um, we needed to, to, get a, to get a better picture of the extent uh, of activity that is happening in the ocean and the, the, um, the change that is con a consequence of this activity throughout the years, right? We needed to make these data sets legible um, and readable against each other and next to each other. And that was uh, part of the work. But so this is really, this is really about registering data through time and creating records and making these records visible and making them transparent so that we see a, the amount of activity and the consequence of it, right? And <clears throat> and so I think the alignment between specifically that work and the work that um, that uh, Vadim is doing with Lunu uh, was tremendous. Um, we've been put uh, put in touch by a, by a by a mutual friend and colleague, Chus Martinez, who Vadim worked with uh, in in a previous position. And so there was already from the beginning, there was an, already an affinity and an understanding of what um, art, uh, the role of art in society and the role of culture in society. So um, we, we uh, immediately connected and this work was just a perfect way of starting this relationship together. And then clearly looking into uh, what Duno is trying to do. Um, and uh, again, with uh, with Bitcoin surging, and uh, through that surge coming more and more into the public eye, 
right, and and being uh, adopted into PayPal and so on, right? Um, it it uh, it really uh, made a lot of sense to also open the the um, the conversation and the efforts uh, of our work to the crypto community and open the, the the possibility of the crypto community through Lunu engage with the work and support um, support the work um, as this is clearly a um, an effort that is bigger than any one organization by itself right we need all the help that we can get and um, and the crypto community is uh, uh, is one that um, is surprisingly um, or for me surprisingly because I had never considered it before but is incredibly philanthropic incredibly philanthropic and um, and so to work with Lunu through their technology on a work that that had so many synergies with uh, with what we were trying to do to then open up the field of uh, of supporters through uh, through their technology amazing uh, you know I think that I think I think those are all very I mean easily understandable use cases for crypto I mean I think a lot of times we think about you know investing in crypto but I've, I've, I've been such a big proponent personally of using it as a uh, as a vehicle to transfer you know uh, funds to 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 someone who who needs it now uh, which I think is such a great thing and you know I think Vadim what you're doing, with Lunu is you're, you're actually bringing that to the storefront, which is something that like, like as of right now, if I have a, a, a wallet, a hardware wallet or a paper wallet or all these things that you store crypto on and I go to, you know, uh, the gas station, I'm probably not going to be able to buy gas with my, with my crypto unless I have, there are other things out there. There are visa cards and stuff like that, but, but without having to shift it into another currency, you are actually really kind of making this uh, a breakthrough to where people could actually use this on a day-to-day -day basis. Can you talk a little bit about that kind of that, uh, you know, I guess it's the business to consumer component of what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, uh, I think that uh, uh, as Marcus said, uh, we uh, uh, kind of uh, like to connect uh, creative community to, uh, to this challenge uh the, the these uh, questions of social responsibility uh in in a very easy uh, and hassle-free way and uh, uh we we learned that uh, already uh, big charity organizations such as uh, red cross or uh unicef they um, started to accept crypto several years ago but somehow in the cultural sector uh, it, it, it seems a little bit uh, uh, too conservative to, um, uh, to to understand the benefits of uh, of these new technologies and new audiences. And uh, uh, and Marcus was uh, uh, well, he, he he is very very advanced in in different uh, different areas, not the least the cryptos, and uh, and he understood immediately. That we could create this unique case of uh, uh, of one of the first, if not the first, case of uh, uh, facilitating donations, uh, crypto donations in the cultural sector in the world. So uh, I, I think that um, I'm quite proud uh, of our collaboration because 
this is um, this is a historical uh, historical one, and uh, and I think that uh, yes, definitely uh, uh, the crypto owners, many of them are you know fairly younger, uh, open, uh, dynamic. And uh, and we we really hope and we would like to advocate that uh, somehow they uh, they use uh, some of the uh, you know uh, surplus or, or, or some profits that they gained with <clears throat> recent uh, surge in in the value of cryptocurrencies and donate a little bit. I mean, it's going to take just uh, uh, less than a couple of seconds to do it. Uh, go to the website of. Uh, uh, TBA 20, uh, 21 Academy, and uh, they, they can donate uh, very quickly and easily. And as Marcus said, even a little help is uh, is important because it would uh, somehow contribute through all the uh, tremendous work that uh, TBA Academy is doing, through what you are doing, uh, Jeremy, to uh, kind of contribute to that building of that knowledge for uh, for the planet uh, and uh, and and then as far as uh, kind of our regular business is concerned uh, uh, yes we have uh, uh, we have uh, the widget which is uh, which uh, basically is uh, embedded into e-commerce uh, sites of uh, different retailers we have i think the most beautiful payment terminal uh, that uh, could be sold uh, at uh, retailers, and fundamentally, what happens is that you come to uh, to a shop, uh, and and then using your crypto wallet, you you buy something, uh, and and then the retailer uh, would get the fiat money on on, on their bank account, uh, and we don't take any percentage uh, or any fee from the customer. And everything is is fast and efficient, uh, and and I think this is in any case this is the future of uh, of money. But this is probably a different topic of a different podcast. So what I like about Luno is it gives us the opportunity to to actually trade inside that currency, stay into that currency, and not worry about necessarily exchange rates. And so anybody that travels knows that one of the biggest troubles. Uh, in traveling is constantly figuring out how much money you have because the change exchange rate changes constantly. Mm. Uh, so just kind of closing out that last thought, um, you know, we're really excited about Luno as uh, as a as a as a tool to be able to kind of you know exchange value between individuals without having to exchange into another currency. Uh, we think that that could actually help us, uh, you know, show uh, some of these places around the world the true value of their sanctuary so that the hope is that they kind of build more. Um, kind of wrapping this back up, uh, you know, towards towards art, um, there's something else that's out there called NFTs, uh, which stands for non-fungible tokens. And now there's several different marketplaces where uh, we're seeing artists create these uh, works of art that are have created digital scarcity that didn't exist before. Um, you know, maybe Vadim, you can talk to us a little bit about uh, that particular process and maybe what you see moving forward. And and uh, and Marcus, maybe you could add afterwards if you see that there's maybe some way that uh, that th this could work in 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 your world. I I, I think that uh, you know we 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 need to be open to uh, to new things. We need to. Uh... 
you know, uh, to at least try to learn uh, uh, before we embrace them. And uh, and I hope uh, your podcast uh, serves this uh, very noble role to to from one hand to improve the knowledge about the oceans and what could be done there, but also to improve the knowledge about the cryptos and and the blockchain and uh, and foster uh, the adoption of these uh, technologies. Uh, first of all, uh, what is interesting is that we need to understand that. Uh, uh, money is uh, an abstract uh, and symbolic representation of value and has always been. And, uh, and that means that whatever, um, uh, whatever we might imagine uh, could, be, uh, could be used as money and, uh, and, and could be used as value. And uh, th there are only a couple of things that... Um, uh, we need to keep in mind that the value is increasing uh, with two uh, elements. One is uh, rarity, and the second one uh, with um, uh, usage. So, so when uh, and and that's why I really like your idea about um, attaching um, a monetary value on uh, on oceans and the ocean reaches. Uh, because, uh, first of all, they're rare and they're limited in, uh, in, in uh, you know, in, in capacity. And second, um, the, the usage uh, could be also increased by attaching uh, it to some kind of token or, or giving uh, it, uh, you know, a monetary expression. And I think that... Uh, Today, uh, the financial capital is not at all enough to be a decent man, you know, uh, even if you are a millionaire or billionaire, uh, whatever. I think that uh, we need to put um, the emphasis on uh, a cultural capital, but also on uh, a capital of sustainability or the capital of social responsibility or whatever you call it. And, and, and I think that I really would encourage you, uh, Jeremy, to, uh, uh, to push forward that, that project, because I think that, um, you know, uh, the, 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 this redefinition of what is valuable in our society uh, and redefinition of what value is in general uh, in the 21st century or in the 22nd century uh, would, uh, would, could, would, and should, um, should be done in order to save, uh, uh, to save the planet. Because otherwise, you know, otherwise people don't care. You know, it, it's, it's very, uh, oceans uh, has suffered from what is uh, famously known in, in the uh, economic theory, as the um, you know this um, problem of uh, common riches, you know, it, because it's nobody's, there is no value attached, and then nobody cares. And, and I think doing that, what you what you plan to do, could be uh, a very cool, b uh, super super useful as a way to to um, kind of appreciate uh, appreciate what we have uh, all around us. 
and and, and so that's uh, that's a very uh, very key element I I I, I believe and. Um, and again, this uh, this kind of uh, thinking of money and value as something uh, very abstract uh, is very important. This is a concept that uh, that I had no, you know, uh, I hadn't even considered before uh, before you started talking about this. So this is really something that you've uh, that you've introduced to me, and um, and I think it is um, for for digital art. Um, and to bridge, and especially in in uh, in the times that we've just experienced, right? In this in this time that has been extremely difficult for cultural spaces, for museums, for cultural practitioners, but also especially for uh, for commercial galleries, right? This opens up a whole new possibility and a whole new realm of dealing with um, with a time and a future where um, these situations might become more regular and uh, realities that we need to deal with constantly or not permanently but but repeatedly right um, I think the 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 challenge for art in the digital space um, has always been the the um, the proliferation right it's um, and the 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 um, the question of a unique work versus something that is freely accessible, uh, maybe lives in the creative commons, which raised a whole bunch of very, very, very interesting questions of ownership, of accessibility, of um, of uh, finalized vers uh, work versus constantly evolving, constantly adapting. All of these questions, which which were um, which could not be discussed with a maybe a painting or a sculpture or or something more traditional like that. Um, nevertheless, I I, uh, I think this the possibility of creating a completely unique token that is registered as an object in the digital space um, is uh, is something really really intriguing and uh, and is going to open up um, uh, possibilities uh, and maybe a completely new medium for for artists that is really interesting. So I think I think today we've we've mm. covered we've covered a lot of a lot of ground. I mean we've talked about the ocean, we've talked about the value of the ocean, why it's important to all of us, uh, blockchain, which you know typically you don't hear about blockchain in the in the ocean, uh, and then of course uh, crypto, uh, and putting all of those things together. Um, well, I think what Luno is doing, what Vadim, what you're doing, and, and and Marcus, what you're doing as well, I think is is so interesting because today the three of us uh, are kind of being presented here on this podcast like a like a Venn diagram. I mean, there are overlays in certain spots, but you know, each of us kind of have our own particular uh, uh, special sauce, if you will. Um, and I and I, I think what's really neat is that this could be the foundation uh, for others to as they're listening in. To, to kind of build on top of. Uh, and, you know, a good friend of mine, mm. uh, uh, Tom Chi, says uh, that nature nature doesn't plan, it prototypes. And I think that's really what we're doing here, right? We're, mm. we're prototyping and prototyping and prototyping until we get it right. Uh, and, uh, and so I think yeah. that's also some of the ways that, that, uh, that blockchain and the oceans kind of go together. But, um, but I really, uh, really appreciate your time today, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to what you, what you both come up with next. Amazing. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Um, as always, pleasure to speaking to you. And um, and it's really also great to to hear Vadim 
and his thoughts uh, and to see how they evolve without um, being registered on the blockchain. But now we have it on record on a podcast, so this is similar. Not only that, but we're actually broadcasting on a on a blockchain-based uh, uh, platform as well. That's like the blockchain YouTube uh, called DLive. So that's 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 something. That's kind of cool. But no, I, I really enjoyed uh, kind of go. your perspectives, and uh, and I, you know I think there's there's a lot more to kind of really unpack from this conversation. But but uh, this has been a really great start, and so I, I thank you both for for being with me today. Amazing. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, that's our show. I'm your host, Jeremy McCain, and this has been such a great opportunity to sit here and really kind of unpack the mysteries of the oceans, art, and crypto uh, with uh, Marcus Ryman from TBA21 Academy and Vadim Gagroyan from Lunu. Uh, Lunu is uh, also, uh, should bear mentioning, if you look at the description of the podcast, they are actually uh, created uh, a, a link to where you can actually donate on the TBA21 Academy website with your crypto, which is super cool, which means that you can do this uh, without having to exchange to some other currency before sending in the donation. Amazing stuff. Uh, I'm really excited to see where all this goes. And uh, this is not going to be the last conversation. There will be many more conversations uh, along this topic. It seems to be something that I talk about quite often, and so do these guys. So stay tuned for future conversations. But until then, I'm your host, Jeremy McCain. We'll see you next time.